You're listening to episode number nine of the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. The keto diet has helped me with fertility, has ended my constant weight struggles, blood sugar regularities, imbalanced moods, and so, so much more. I want to share this magic with you using a realistic approach to this powerful diet. No restriction, new ways of looking at things, and positive support awaits. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, for those of you still celebrating Turkey Day, I'm so envious. Here in Canada, Thanksgiving has come and gone. It's gone. And you guys have it for like ever in the u.s you must celebrate like from thursday to sunday sometimes even monday we only get three days and oftentimes our christmas trees aren't even up yet so it's like you guys get two christmases so i'm really jealous if you're celebrating another awesome thanksgiving meal today i hope you have a blast the awesome thing this week that i wanted to share with you i just rediscovered this snack and I've been eating it every day and it's so good that I needed to share it with you. It's a fat bomb that doesn't require any preparation whatsoever. It takes seconds. Okay, so here's what you do. You take a spoon, preferably a big spoon, and then you put it, coconut oil on it, maybe just like a scoop of coconut oil, and then you pile on macadamia nuts on top, raw macadamia nuts, or you can roast them like at home or whatever. And then you add a sprinkle of salt and then you put it in your mouth really quick. It's so good and it's savory and it's delicious, but it also has this like natural sweetness. And even me talking about it right now, I'm like salivating. It's oh, it's so good. And if you wanted to go the savory route with this fat bomb, you can also add a sprinkle of herbs. You could do like fresh basil. You could do cilantro that's fresh, anything like that. Um, and if you're on the go and you want to put this like in a container, oftentimes I'll melt the coconut oil and then put the macadamia nuts in the container put the coconut oil over top and then sprinkle with salt or any herbs that I'm using. And it's just a really nice savory treat that is a fat bomb and takes only seconds. So what we're covering in this episode is steps to ending blame and shame, self-compassion, what's holding you back from being totally awesome, and the steps to connect to your body. The show notes for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E9. And let's hear from one of our partners. The podcast is partnered with Vital Proteins. You guys know how much I love Vital Proteins. Their collagen peptides, collagen protein, also known as beef gelatin, as well as the marine collagen has just been transformed into stick packs. So if you love their products just as much as me, but you're sick and tired of putting your collagen or gelatin into little baggies yourself, they've done it for you. Each stick pack has 10 grams of either your collagen peptides, your beef gelatin, or your marine collagen all in one little pack that you can put in your purse, you can take with you camping, you can even bring them on holidays. Each box comes with 20 stick packs, 
super excited about this. You can stock up on your stick packs and other awesome things from Vital Proteins by going to vitalproteins.com and using the coupon code VPHP10 for 10% off your entire order plus free shipping in the U.S. I do have one announcement this week and it's all about keto holiday menus. If you just celebrated Thanksgiving and you used one of my keto holiday menus from my new digital cookbook, the Keto Holidays Cookbook, awesome. Hope you loved it. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that have already started using my Keto Holidays Cookbook. All the feedback's been super great. Lots of great praise and testimonials coming in, which is so fabulous. I'm so happy that I hit the mark and provided you with a brand new resource that y'all love. Um, the Keto Holidays Cookbook has 30 recipes that are totally keto from appetizers, starters, entrees, desserts gravy and condiments and cranberry sauce and all of the favorites like pumpkin pie all rounded up with four keto holiday dinner party menus so there was a thanksgiving one in there so if you're already celebrating thanksgiving you have that even for next year and there's also a christmas keto holiday dinner menu a low calorie one as well as a meat free and if you're wondering like low calorie leanne you don't talk about calories often i find if you're having guests over for holiday events whether it be thanksgiving christmas new year's any of the parties in between usually guests show up like way before dinner so you're feeding people People basically lunch, dinner, and snacks. And so I found that if we are having our guests over later, say they're showing up at like six o'clock, I can't give them all the food that I would give them if they're there at two. So I really like the low calorie menu. I mean, it's not low, low calorie by any means. It's still like keto and awesome um, and maintains the awesome macros. Like I kept the macros the same through all the plans They're around the 70 to 80% fat mark, which is so great to just maintain your keto awesomeness throughout the holidays. That's why I wanted to create this cookbook because the holidays can be really difficult for so many of us. And just knowing that keto works so well in our body, but feeling like we can't celebrate the holidays holidays with our loved ones because we can't have all the treats. So in my opinion, this cookbook does a fabulous job at allowing you to feel part of the celebration while also sharing your eating style with the people that you love. So if you want to check out the cookbook, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto holiday. And if you guys want to leave your review and support my show, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, and you'll be directed to a page where you can submit your review by clicking on reviews and then write a review. You can give me five stars if you really feel like it and write something nice, or you can go to your favorite podcast app and search for the keto diet podcast, and you can submit your review over there. Okay, so we have an awesome guest. I know I say that every time. I'm just, I'm so excited to have all these people on the show and share all of their amazingness with you because so many of their messages are so individualized that I know that a lot of people listening will need to hear it and a lot of people listening will be like, that doesn't resonate with me, but the next episode will switcheroo. So I really wanted to give you a vast array of different resources as it relates to women's health and the struggles that we go through on a ketogenic diet and the amazingness that awaits us when we really give ourselves time to take care of our bodies. And Rebecca Skeel, our guest today, is going to be talking about self-mastery and to really get into our body but not see it as the be-all end-all of our health. 
and I wanted to bring the world of self-love to everyday life. And Rebecca does such a great job at that. And we talk about what self-mastery can do for you and knowing how you work, who you are without all the clutter and what you're capable of doing how knowing these things translates to an eating style that's easy to practice. And so many of us get caught up in the blame shame game of dieting and how we think about our bodies and how we think that they should look. But deep down, we feel like our body is our only focus and we use restriction and pushing ourselves to unrealistic places to obtain that reality that may not even be able to happen. We lose our ability to show compassion toward ourselves, compassion toward others. And I really wanted to chat about self-compassion, self-acceptance, and the true knowing that we can accomplish anything. Because I think in the diet space, a lot of us get so focused on the diet that we lose out on our lives. So in this state of self-mastery, we can overcome fear, we can connect to our bodies, and our life is good and our eating style is easy and we're taking care of ourselves. So I'm really excited to introduce Rebecca. Rebecca Skeel, wisdom teacher and sacred ambition mentor, is an author, ordained minister, and licensed counselor who has facilitated seminars in the United States and Europe for over 25 years. Her second book, Manifesting Your Sacred Ambition, is due out, fingers crossed, the fall of 2017. Rebecca teaches her students how to see with new eyes and live their life in alignment with their core values. Rebecca's clients say that she is brilliant, powerfully loving, and unshakable in her commitment to mirror the truth so that others may set themselves free of self-imposed limitations. Her passion is demonstrating the power of each person to assess their reality. So without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Leanne. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I'm delighted to be here. For those listening who maybe don't know your work just yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Rebecca Skeel, S-K-E-E-L-E. And um, my work, well, it's evolved a <laughs> lot. Uh, started back in 1990 as a licensed clinical counselor working with people with a spiritual focus. And then since 1990, it's really evolved into mentoring. I work with people who are wanting to really bring forward what I call their big work in the world. And this usually involves a calling of some kind. I call it a sacred calling, a sacred meaning of, of their deepest values. And when we bring forward our sacred calling, our big work in the world, it's important that we know who we are, that we really do work, do the inner work so that we can uh, work with ourself in a greater way, because when you're bringing forth your big work in the world, you really get challenged. So my my work this uh, these days have really evolved into that. So I mentor, I teach a wisdom school, I run groups, I do live events. Uh, that's kind of what I do these days. Was that helpful? Yeah, it sounds fabulous. It's so interesting, you know, when you chat with people, especially entrepreneurs, how their work has transformed over time mm -hmm. and they've really found themselves as they're finding themselves, they're finding what they need to do in the world. And that's really exactly. what you're coaching people 
through. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. I'm sure that this translates not just to the work, like when you say the work you do in the world, it doesn't necessarily have to translate into a specific career. It can be a lot more things than just that. Is that right? Very intuitively, Anne. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, our work in the world is how we you know, there's, it's been said that work is loving made manifest. And, you know, work can take on many different uh, forms. It can be how we show up in our family. It can be how we parent our children. It can be how we want to be with friends and in relationship. And it can also include bringing forward some kind of new vision, uh, new paradigm, new meme, if you will, either for profit or not profit. The people I work with are they're called in many different ways, called to maybe change the business conversation or change how we deal with money or just be more of a kind, compassionate person in the world. So it can show up in lots of different ways. The reason I call it your big work is because it asks us to get bigger. Anytime we are needing, wanting to step into, uh, let's say, a, a bigger expression of who we are in the world, we have to get bigger. So what that means is we have to move out of playing small. We have to move out of things that make us small by what we tell ourselves, the internal talk that goes on. And a lot of the, let's say, old baggage, I call it the clutter, the old clutter that we're, we've been carrying around in our life. And so, so many of the women listening right now are struggling Mm -hmm. and have internal talk and that clutter that you're talking about toward their body and Mm -hmm. how they show up in the world as it relates to their body. Mm -hmm. How can self-mastery help with that? Yeah, this is a a real challenge for women Mm -hmm. because society so reinforces that we are what we look like. And there are certain standards that it puts in our face day in and day out. And I know, I know I'm not talking about anything that anybody doesn't know that's listening mm-hmm. to this podcast. It's so important to begin to know yourself beyond your body. It's so important to know that the body is a wonderful vehicle to who you are, but it's not all of who you are. So when I work with someone in that's having issues around body, body image, body weight, et cetera. And I work with women, you know, from about 35 to 75, okay? And I have to say, quite honestly, that most of the people I work with are in their 50s and 60s and late 40s. So they're dealing with a different kind of body Mm. image, right? Because they're in the aging process. So we really begin to take a look at who are you beyond this body. And that's an experiential process. It's not a reading. Reading a book is great. Getting information is wonderful. But you really have to begin to experience. So what self-mastery does is it begins to open up what, if you can imagine, channels to a greater reality of who we are. And some people call it spiritual reality. Some people call it divine nature. I like to call it divine nature because I think that's um, more general. In other words, the greater reality of who we are is 
outs, um, it's beyond the body. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that keeps us in our body or in our negative perception of our body, not in a good way, but in a bad way, is through how we judge ourselves and how we compare ourselves to others and how we shame ourselves for our behavior. And that those three things right there, comparison, judgment, and shame, are one of the big things that we work with in self-mastery. What I do is I teach tools. I teach self-mastery tools, like if you have a toolkit, a toolbox, and in that toolkit, that toolbox, there are these tools. And by practicing the tools, you begin to clear what I call the clutter. So let me say what I consider the clutter is, Mm -hmm. is our judgments of ourself. That's clutter. Our limiting beliefs. That's clutter. Our shaming of ourself. That's clutter. And what this clutter does is it keeps us small. And a few minutes ago, I talked about how we need to get bigger, how we need to expand who we are. Well, all the clutter tends to keep us very small, very small focused on those things over and over. And I'm sure everybody is aware of that. It's like once we begin to judge something about our physical body, it's like it's like in our face all the time, isn't it? It's like all we think about. Totally. As somebody in the public eye who gets picked on all the time, it's yeah, it can be very challenging to like disassociate that experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we just focus on it all the time. Every time we look in the mirror, we think about it. Mm -hmm. Every time we get up in the morning, we think about it. Every time we put on an outfit, we think about it, whatever. So that's such limited thinking. It makes us very small. It makes our world very small. So what we want to do is we want to expand. And the way we expand is we clear the clutter. I call it clearing. I don't, it's different than healing. Mm-hmm. Clearing is what self-mastery will do. Think about, um, oh, let's see, what's a good analogy? Think about, you know, a stream in the forest that might be dammed up because of debris, like logs or twigs or leaves or rocks or something like that. And it's And it's damming up the flow of who we are. So what we go in is we clear that. We clear those rocks and those sticks and that leaves and those logs out of the way so that the energy of who we are, the flow can begin to happen again. And I imagine that flow as somebody who has taken a very long time to get where I am with my own personal self-mastery when I'm Mm -hmm. in that flow and I'm feeling like I'm outside of my body and I appreciate my body for it being like you said that vehicle it's almost easier to do that well it is easier to do all the things that I ever dreamed possible because Mm -hmm. I'm not letting those old beliefs hold me back and I think for those listening if they're you know I hear all the time you know I can't eat the way that I want to eat because all I crave is the things I'm not allowed to eat and all these things are happening and I think in a lot of ways when you're in that frantic space of like you said all that clutter all the leaves all the everything happening all at once it's hard to understand where you are in space and what's best for your body and how Mm -hmm. to connect to what your body actually needs so you go outside of yourself to say okay well here's the next diet it's going to fix my problems and everything will be fine but in actuality if you could get back into your body in a way that feels positive and understand that your body is not the be-all end-all that 
di- not dieting, I'm, you know, I'm quote, quoting air quotes, more the eating style that fits best for your body is going to be a lot more effortless. I would, mm-hmm. you know, I would yeah. say. Yes, absolutely. And, and I love that uh, example there, Leanne. And let me say that judging ourselves and blaming and shaming ourselves is painful. Mm. And we don't realize how painful it is. Most of us have become numb to it, or we've become unconscious to it. And we don't realize in the background of our day, how often we judge ourselves, or we shame ourselves, or we call ourselves an awful name. And when we become conscious of that, we go, well, gosh, no wonder I don't want to be in this body. (laughs) Because, (laughs) you know, I have to feel the pain. And so, I have found that a lot of, let's say, distracting behaviors from the pain, one of them is eating mm-hmm. because eating brings comfort, right? Best friend. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> brings comfort. And so that kind of behavior, it's like what exactly what you talked about, finding the, the diet that works for you or the eating style that works for you. I don't use I don't like to use the word diet, but the eating style that works for you is really important. But first, we need to do something other than go around and blame and shame ourselves all day long. That does not help. It doesn't help at all. It doesn't it it muddies the water. You know, it it keeps everything like I, my analogy before all damned up we we're not able to be in the flow of who we truly are and that flow is empowering isn't it it's liberating it's full of possibilities it's loving mm-hmm. um, my the way that I teach self-mastery is all based in self loving and you know that's a revelation if you are used to really scrutinizing your physical body in such a way where you don't see anything to love about it, you know, that's, that's pretty liberating. Yeah, it makes me sad even when you say that to be in that place. The podcast is excited to be partnered with IntelliBed, the non-toxic mattress that provides optimal comfort and support for your body. If you guys remember, last year I wrote a post about my newfound discovery of the toxins conventional mattresses are treated in. From flame retardants, boric acid, and formaldehyde, it was enough to make my skin crawl. All of these chemicals can wreak havoc on health, including our hormone function. So in July 2015, I swapped out my conventional mattress for an IntelliBed, and it's been one of the best choices I've made for our family's health. We didn't think that the headaches, throat clearing, and hip pains were being caused by our mattress, but it's so clear now that they were. You too can create a toxin-free sleeping environment with IntelliBed. Head on over to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash sleep to get 10% off your IntelliBed order plus a free Blendtec blender when you place an order on or before December 5th, 2016. Once you've decided on a mattress, use the coupon code HELPFUL at checkout for your discount. Something that you just said was super powerful to stop blaming and shaming. And mm-hmm. I know for a lot of ladies listening, they're like, okay, but like how? <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. How? What are okay. some steps that somebody can take if they know they're going through the day, they're picking apart their body, they're picking apart the things that they do, they're bullying themselves? How do they get out of the funk? Okay. So let's start with um, the first self-mastery tool, and that's observation. We have to get conscious of what we're doing. And that means that we must stop and ask ourselves, 
why do I feel like you know what right now? Mm. Why do I feel like a piece of garbage (laughs) in this moment? Why is my stomach hurting? Why am I really uptight in my shoulders? Why do I have a headache? Why do I really have a headache? Why am I avoiding going uh, and to that meeting or talking to that person? What is really going on? That's the first step is to stop and ask ourselves and then be willing to really listen, to hear the truth that is said to us, to be able to hear that voice inside that's saying, I feel fat and or I look awful today or they're judging me because X, Y, Z or whatever it is. Then when we listen, we, we can hear it. We can hear in it the judgment. You know, how, how am I really talking to myself right now? The next step is to accept what is going on. Now, acceptance does not mean condone. Acceptance just means we stop judging it. So we take a step back and we go, okay, I'm accepting right now that I'm judging myself. I accept right now that I feel embarrassed because of what's how my body looks today. I accept that I just ate three brownies and uh, I'm beating myself up because of that. In other words, we want to accept So you say acceptance statements, you accept what is, you don't excuse it, and you don't condone it either. And you stop judging it. It's like putting everything out on the table and looking at everything and going, okay, I'm accepting it. Is this helpful, Leanne? Yes, 100%. Then the next step is to open your heart in compassion to yourself. Now, I'm not going to go into that particular step in detail because we'd be here for a couple more hours because there's a whole process I do around teaching people how to be compassion with themselves. Mm -hmm. But that's the next step. Compassion. We are not taught how to be compassion with ourselves. We are taught how to be compassion or we see modeled how to be compassion with everybody else, but not with ourselves. And this is really, really important. How do I open my heart to myself? How do I open my heart to that part that ate those three brownies? How do I open my heart to that part that is embarrassed or shamed today because of how I look? How do I open my heart to whatever it is? You know, the comment that somebody said to me, like, wow, you know, you've gained weight or whatever it is, you know, how do I open my heart to that part? And that is is the next step is to really be able to hold all my parts, all all the parts that are in pain, that are uh, feeling maybe despair, maybe even self-hatred, uh, self-disgust, in compassion. And how do we do that? Well, there are parts of us, aside from the parts that are in pain and uh, self-disgust or whatever, that do not live in those place of shame and blame. There are parts of us that live in compassion and self-loving. And that's where we get into the greater nature of who we are. Because my ego personality can't go there. Nobody's ego personality can't because ego and personality are all locked into the human nature, the humanity of who we are. 
But our divine nature operates outside of that. And so being able to connect into the divine nature of who we are, then we begin to experience compassion that is beyond, let's say, what we thought we could be compassionate about. In mm-hmm. other words, it's like, wow, I had no idea I could experience this much compassion for myself. Where did this come from? Well, it came from the divine nature of who you are. And that's what self-mastery does. It opens us up to that. Have you heard of the um, future self meditation? Oh, yeah. Going Is to that the, the, something? The future self telling the present self something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oftentimes when I need compassion and I like, I just, I need it right now. <laughs> I mm-hmm. do the future self meditation. I, I can include a link in the show notes. And I like it because if I need that compassionate nature, I just connect to my future self. And she's around 70. She lives like in this little like treed little house and she has a braid on one side. Like I've had full conversations with this lady and it's so great to ask her questions of things I'm just, I'm stuck on. And she Mm -hmm. has this air about her that she just doesn't care about what other people think. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. Would that be a good compassionate exercise that one could do to connect to that like true self of who you are? Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for bringing that in. And I also want to say that, you know, on my website, and I'll talk about my website later on whenever you want me to talk about it. You know, there are some examples of this. There are a lot of blogs that I've written about this. And there's also a home study if people want to go deeper into this. Because we have an inner compassionate listener. We have a, a part inside of us, much like your 70-year-old part, that really can hold it all in compassion. Mm. And where would one go to find that on your site? You just search for it? <laughs> well, uh, in my blog, I think there are several categories. One of the categories is wisdom school. And so I would suggest people go and click on that and read some of the blogs in there because I've written about this quite a bit about the compassion of who we are. And also, I uh, for anybody who would really love to check out self mastery for themselves, I I teach. There is a home study that the the per, first part of the Wisdom School one, which is all about learning self mastery, I offered in a home study, and that would be you would just click on. Oh well, I guess I better give my URL. It's my name, Rebecca That's R E B E C C A E. S-K-E-E-L-E. Lots of E's. So many E's. <laughs> E's are the best letter. <laughs> I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, I know that when we're like going through stuff, I always like to ask if like if something just lit up in somebody, like you don't have to wait. Here's where to get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. So, okay, anyway, that's a go, good practice. Yeah, yeah, go to the wisdom school. And then there, there are three more steps after that. After we open our heart and compassion, then we work with self-forgiveness. Now, I want to talk a little bit about self-forgiveness because a lot of people don't understand what it is or think it's, you know, it's like, what? What's self-forgiveness? I thought I was supposed to forgive others. I didn't know I could forgive myself. It's really important to know that what we forgive in ourselves are not our behavior. Our behavior does not have to be forgiven. It's our judgment of our behavior that we forgive. What clutters our thinking, our perceptions of who we are, uh, our energy field is our judgments of ourself. That includes shaming and blaming. 
So self-forgiveness is forgiving ourselves for judging ourselves as XYZ. Now, what does this do? Well, forgiveness comes from beyond us. Again, it comes from our divine nature. So when we go through the process of forgiving ourselves for judging and shaming and blaming ourselves for XYZ, it opens us up to, again, that greater nature that is 100% unconditionally loving of who we are. So practicing self-forgiveness, and self-forgiveness is a spiritual practice, practicing self-forgiveness can begin to shift us out of a perception in the world that things are based in judgment and fear and shame and blame into things are based in grace and loving. Now, this is a experiential process. I don't want anybody to believe me out there. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to consider this. I've been doing self-forgiveness for 30 years. I've been teaching it for 30 years. And let's just say I know it works. And yet it's something that we have to begin to practice to have an experience of. So that's the fourth self-mastery tool. Yeah. And with all of this work, and we can get to the other tools in just a second, I just had a question. I figured you did. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, With all of these tools, and this is... Speaking from experience, when I decided that, like, screw this, I'm sick of everyone dictating how I feel about myself and letting everyone, you know, rule my life and seek after things that I didn't need and all of those things, there was a culling of my relationships and people in my life that didn't support that new life that I wanted to live. And I'm sure, you know, over time, just my eating style has changed and my relationship with my body has changed. Is there a place in self-mastery for support of any kind? Or do you see in your own practice that, yes, definitely people end up being friends with new people and they are Mm -hmm. attracting supportive relationships that allow them to continue this work? You know, when we really start respecting and honoring and loving ourselves, it gets very clear what mm. relationships in our life are toxic because they don't respect and honor and love us, you know? And when we can really be unconditionally loving to ourselves and compassionate with ourselves, that's what we want to be surrounded with. We want people in our life that can do that uh, for us and also do it for them, themselves, you know, so that we both are let's say, up-leveling our life together. It's really wonderful to have people in our life that champion our best self, you know, that say to us, Rebecca, you know, I'm hearing that uh, you really feel like a victim in this situation. Is that really how you want to feel? You know, that is a huge gift. And of course, it has to come from someone, right, that I know is doing their own work. And that when they say that to me, I know that they are saying that to me in a very loving way. So I have seen that happen over and over. And Leanne, you sound like you've had that happen in your life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's one of the things that sometimes can be very resistant to doing this work because people know my life is going to change. 
And those some of those changes might be very, very drastic. Maybe I could tell you a story right now about me. Yes, I love stories. Okay. So I'm 35 years old, 34 years old, and I live a very wealthy lifestyle at that time. I mean, a very wealthy lifestyle. I call it my dynasty days. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I love that. (laughs) And uh, I had two small children, which I adored. I had a happy marriage. And yet I was really, really unhappy. And I didn't know what was going on. And I was embarrassed to talk about it. And I did talk about it to, you know, two or three of my really closest friends. But they, you know, they would listen with, you know, respect and everything. And then they'd say, well, let's Let's go shop. Let's go shopping. You know, mm. let's go spend money. You Super. know, whatever. In other words, you know, they couldn't relate to what I was going through other than they loved me and they wanted to support me. Well, about that time, a friend told me about this five day transformational workshop. And she said, why don't you go? You know, there might be something in it for you. Well, I was at a point my inside of myself that I was just in agony. I mean, I'd wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats. I would go around just really, uh, there was like something was chasing me and I didn't know what it was. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go to this thing. I mean, I didn't really expect to get anything out of it, but I thought, well, maybe I'll get something out of it. So the third day of the workshop, the facilitator is talking about the banquet table of life. And she's pointing out that these people around the banquet table of life are having a wonderful time. They're happy. They're loving. They have anything. They have all this abundance laid out on this table. They can have anything they want. They're also, you know, feeding each other. They're supporting each other. They're just really in a huge place of abundance and possibility and loving. It's, you know, the banquet table of life. And yet, most of us are over here, away from the banquet table of life with our weevily peanuts, <laughs> because that's our lot in life. And we've decided that these weevils and these peanuts is all we deserve and all we're worthy of. Mm-hmm. So we're over here eating our weevily peanuts, and we look over there to the banquet table of life, and we go, well, if I'm going to go over there, I've got to give up my peanuts and my weevils. But what if I give it up and I walk over there and they go, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, nobody by the name of Rebecca can come to the banquet table of life. (laughs) Yeah, that's scary. Totally. Yeah, it's totally scary. And that's the place that I was in when I was 35, 34 years old, is that even though I had a life of incredible abundance and everything that you can imagine that you want in a lifetime, I was holding onto my Weebly Peanuts. And I didn't really know that I was worthy or deserving of having what I truly wanted in my life. And that was a turning point for me. That was a huge turning point for me. When she told that story, everything in my body shook and I wanted to bolt for the door. <laughs> you would have thought I would have jumped up and down and gone, woohoo, I know what I want now. I want that banquet table of life. <laughs> but instead, I was scared to death because I knew to go to that banquet table of life, there were a lot of things that were going to change in my life. And it did. The next uh, two to three years, everything came down. 
everything. Went through a bank, my husband's business went through a bankruptcy. So my nice opulent lifestyle went away. My, I, we moved. So we left our beautiful, huge estate and we moved to another state where all of my support system, of course, I left it behind, right? I got a divorce. I had to go back to work. Everything changed. But what did not change and what kept burning inside of me was that experience of I want to really know what I want and I want to go for it in my lifetime. And that's what I set my sights on when I was 35, 36 years old, 37, kind of in there. And that was 30 years ago. And everything that I've done since then, Leanne, has been following the banquet table of life. And I can now say that I live my life as a banquet table of life. And I know you know I wrote a book called You Can Make It Heaven, which is not about heaven on it's not about a destination it's about an inner heaven in other words creating your life as an inner heaven which i consider the banquet table of life instead of an inner hell yeah well geez that inner hell (laughs) we're all very familiar with the inner hell and i think the the takeaway that i got from your story and so beautiful is that there are certain things that hold us back from creating that heaven and removing yes that hellish state of just like you were talking about the blame and shame and the old patterns and the toxic beliefs. And even when you were listening to that story, I mean, I know it's funny. I was just having this conversation with my yoga instructor last night. She went to, um, some practice over the weekend and she said like, I hated every minute of it. I didn't, I didn't want to be there, but I knew that because I was feeling that way, I definitely needed to be there. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's that, it's that, you know, get up and run out of the room. This is making me uncomfortable is usually the sign that you're probably in need of exactly where I need to be. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Other patterns that hold people back from this sort of work. Oh yeah. I call them the masks of fear. You know, what's really underneath all of our resistance is fear. And the masks are things like denial and distraction and control and addictions and resistance and stubbornness. You know, all of those mask the fear that's underneath, the fear that, oh, wow, I am going to go into the unknown I am going to move out of my comfort zone. I'm going to risk myself. I'm going to risk being with me in a new way, which means I'm going to show up in the world very differently. And so one of the things that we look at in the wisdom school is to really begin to unmask fear because fear is underneath all of this. Everything that we're really talking about, Leanne, today is based in fear. It's a fear-based reality. It's about danger. It's like we get we get very close to really looking at something and fear comes out and goes, boo. And we turn around and we run in the opposite direction. And what we don't realize about fear, and I'll just say this because I would really love your listeners to know, is that The message of fear is not run away danger. The message of fear is you are on the right track. Mm. Keep going. Yeah, totally true. (laughs) And I think that this can relate so closely to 
body love, body acceptance, self-love, self-care, because there's this horrible belief in the world that if you're not stick thin or with a six pack, and I mean, if you have a natural six, six pack and you're thin, like, great, that's awesome. But if, if you're not that, then you're not worthy of X, Y, Z, and you don't have a right to share health tips, or you don't have a right to wear a dress or shorts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that fear, I mean, I deal with it every day. Personally, I'm like, oh gosh, what right do I have to do all these things? But at the end of the day, the work and correct me if I'm wrong, but the work of self mastery really allows you to stand up to that belief and say, no, nah, I don't think I will. Like I, I know personally that I can't be healthy and take care of myself and be X amount of pounds. Like I can't go mm -hmm. back to that weight mm -hmm. that I was two years ago because mm -hmm. I, that wasn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe perhaps the self-mastery practice can also be helpful in understanding and connecting to your body. Mm -hmm. And don't we, don't you feel like it's shifting, Leanne, any, I know this is kind of your, your area of expertise. It's, it's not, even though I have clients that I work with might have this as part mm -hmm. of what they're working with. Don't you think it's shifting? I mean, and isn't it up to us to shift it? Yes. You know, totally. it is up to, yeah. I and mean, it's up to us to stand up for our beliefs. Like I was at the chiropractor's office a couple of months ago and the ladies behind the desk were talking about a woman who was wearing shorts in her forties and how dare her. And I just turned around. I was like, wow, that's really phenomenal. Like, I, I mean, good on her for having the confidence to wear shorts at 40 or 50 or 70. Like who cares? And mm -hmm. they were like, oh yeah, I guess. And all mm -hmm. it took was me saying that. And I think it is changing slowly. I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that I was able to write a book with the word diet in it. And in the book, <laughs> I talk about how diets are total BS. It's <laughs> really yeah, cool. Are. And the publisher was totally cool with that. And, you know, that's why I started this podcast specifically because diet can mean so much more than it does right now. And, you know, we think of the Kellogg's commercials in the 90s and, you know, all the weight loss stuff and, and restriction and body hate. And But I think there's so many more resources out there now and so many more women waking up to the fact that we don't have to be quote unquote perfect to be happy and to be worthy and, and to live the life that we've always dreamt of living. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I mean, if I am healthy and wealthy on all levels, then I am living my life in a state of well-being. Mm. And what is well-being? For me, it has a lot to do with bringing forth the qualities that I want to have in my Uh, relationships with others that I want to have in my relationship with myself. And that has to do with, I want to have abundance, I want to have loving, I want to have acceptance, I want to have compassion, I want to have fun, I want to have passion, I want to have purpose. And all of that has also to apply to me. So I treat myself the same way that I want to be treated and the same way I want to treat others. And in none of that do I run any kind of standard that, oh, because, you know, my thighs now are, you know, have cellulite on them, that I'm not living in well-being. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, again, I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. If we only focus on the fact that who we are is this physical body, 
Well, good luck. Oh, uh, man, because, trouble. <laughs> yeah, because after, I, you know, I'm 65 years old, yeah. okay? So I know the trajectory of what you, because <laughs> you're younger than I am, yeah. are going to be facing as you get older. So this is also one of the things that is, it's such a wonderful conversation right now because we're so focused on weight and looks and all of that when we're in our 30, 20s, 30s, and 40s. You get into your 50s and 60s and 70s and a lot of things shift because you're not, you know, all of that, the hormones uh, you know, don't make your eyes glow and your skin glow and your hair glow like it used to. And I mean, there are a lot of things that one deals with. So if we're just focused on our physical body in our 30s and 40s, you're sunk when mm -hmm. you get to your 50s and 60s, let me tell you. Totally, 100%. I can. And even, you know, when I was a teenager, my body was different than it is now. Like, it, yeah. like it, it changes every decade. My body is like a new body. And, you know, to 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 observe that uh, something that I love doing, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but when I really need to connect to my body in a quick and easy way, I do like a hand meditation. And it's not really a meditation where you, you know, ohm or anything, but you just like look at your hand and start thinking of all the amazing things that this hand has done. Like start from when you were a baby and you remember like swinging with your parents or just anything that this hand has done and like move your fingers around. And it can be a really good way of connecting to your body because like, it's very rare that people will hate their hands, you know, like they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty like neutral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can I like see, it. You can see all the things and start remembering all the things that you've done with this hand. And isn't it cool that this hand has done all of these amazing things? And it That's can be a, wonderful, a nice way yeah. to connect to yeah. your body. The Keto Diet Podcast is excited to be partnered with Primal Kitchen, the makers of uncompromisingly delicious, high-quality, nutrient-dense, real food products that are also non-GMO and paleo-approved. In the world of real food eating, it's what you put on your food that keeps it interesting. And food that's good for you tastes even better with Primal Kitchen foods. And they've just come out with a dairy-free, keto-friendly ranch dressing that you can slather on just about everything. Using 100% pure avocado oil as a base, their ranch dressing includes only the finest functional and health food ingredients like nutritional yeast, apple cider vinegar, organic garlic, onion, dill, cage-free organic eggs, black pepper, and chives. Stock up on all Primal Kitchen goods by visiting healthfulpursuit.com forward slash primal and entering the coupon code FAT that's all in caps, no spaces, for 15% off your entire order. So let's talk about connecting to body because I want to get into the last two self-mastery yes, tools. Yes, please. Okay. So after we do observation, self-acceptance, compassionate listening, and self-forgiveness, those are like the foundational, that's what really creates the shifts right there especially after we do it enough where it kind of becomes our new default. Then the last two tools are, let's say, take it to the next level. So if you're listening to the podcast and it's convenient for you, if you just place your hands over your belly button area, some, you know, the gut area, just place them there for a moment and hold them. And let me tell you a little bit about what you're really, what part of you lives there. 
It is part of your consciousness, and it's called the basic self. Now, when I say part of your consciousness, I am talking about your high self, your conscious self, and your basic self. And the basic self hangs out right here in your gut. And I'm sure everybody can relate to gut feelings, right? You get a gut feeling on something, or your gut hurts, or that made my stomach hurt, or whatever. Well, the basic self does a lot of different things for us. One thing it does for us is run all the millions and jillions of things that our body does in every moment of every day, 24-7. So imagine that the basic self is front of, in front of a huge mainframe computer, and it monitors everything. So it works all the time for us, all the time. And it, But it does other things. It keeps track of the agreements that we've made with ourselves. It keeps tracks, track of the judgments and beliefs that we hold against ourselves. So imagine also not only a mainframe computer, but a huge blackboard. And on that blackboard is written every agreement you've ever made with yourself, even down to, I'm not going to eat that next cookie. <laughs> and you eat it. So all of the agreements, all of the beliefs, all the judgments. And the last thing it does not the last thing, but one, another big thing it does is it holds the keys to the unconscious. So do you think the basic self is an important part of who we are? Yeah. I mean, I closed my eyes and I got really into it while you were talking. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the things we can do to get in our body is we can touch into the basic self. So you can place your hands over your belly button area, close your eyes. And first of all, the basic self loves to be acknowledged. So you can just say inside yourself something like, basic self, job well done. Thank you so much for all you do for me. I so appreciate it. You take such good care of me. Thank you. And just let yourself experience what you experience. Maybe you'll feel a warmth. Maybe you'll feel more grounded. Maybe you'll feel a tingling or a subtle shift. Maybe you won't feel anything. But this is one of the things that we can begin to do to get in our body is to connect to the basic self. Because that what that does is it brings us fully present to the part of us that is in charge of this body and all the things. And the other thing you can do once you begin to touch in with the basic self, if you want to, is that you can begin to ask the basic self every day, basic self, I want to be in my body more. Can you help? And the basic self will. You'll be surprised at how you'll get prompts, how you'll get intuitive flashes, how you'll get reminders, how you'll get, oh, yeah, I just need to breathe right now. I think I'll breathe. <sighs> yeah. So perfect. Yes, that's such a great way to connect. I love that. I'm so going to use that. <laughs> right. So self-mastery tool number five is working with the basic self. I call it new reference points. So remember that all that big, big uh, blackboard on there. And whenever we want to shift something in our life and change something in our life, a belief, let's say we've had a belief all our life that we're unworthy or we're undeserving or we're not enough. Let's just pick those. They're pretty common. What we want to do is we want to work with the basic self to erase on the blackboard that old belief, those judgments, those shaming thoughts, and we want to 
create a new reference point of worthiness, of deserving, of enoughness, of whatever it is, you know, abundance, of self-respect, of whatever. And so I teach how to work with the basic self to create those new reference points. And one, once the basic self gets that we're changing things, then it lines up in full cooperation with us. And it's kind of like, yeah, cool. What are we going to change today? What are we going to, what are we going to create a new reference point today? So it's, it's like that, you know, it comes on board and that takes practice. It takes practice. Many, much practice. But I think speaking from my history and stuff, as soon as I had a reason to give up that activity of constantly berating myself even just accepting that that wasn't okay anymore was a big thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and not even knowing what to do after that just realizing like hey this isn't okay I'm sick of this life (laughs) um can be a really big change in and of itself huge excellent and then the last self-mastery tool is loyalty to the self Mm -hmm. and that's the big s not the little s Mm -hmm. and what I mean by self is really the soul of who we are, the divine reality of who we are. And that one is an ongoing practice. And when we realize that when we start to get the benefits of doing self-mastery, we have more lightness of being, we feel lighthearted. When we look in the mirror, we smile back at ourselves. We open our heart more. Our heart is more engaged with who we are. Our life really clears up. We realize that, hey, I want to be loyal to that. I don't want to be loyal to my old story. I don't want to be loyal to this uh, negative self-talk that I've done for umpteen years. I don't want to be loyal to how my mom or my dad or my whatever said to me when I was a small child and I took it in. Uh, I want to be loyal to me. I want to be loyal to the greater reality of who I am. And that's the sixth self-mastery tool. Brilliant. Amazing. And for those that you mentioned groundedness and and such and, and supporting change, and we talked about a couple of tools, are there just a couple of steps that people can take right now if they're like, wow, this Rebecca lady, she's pretty awesome. And I like this whole self-mastery thing. We chatted about your website and where people can go. And are there steps that people can take like right now to get out of the funk? (laughs) (laughs) Did I stump you? (laughs) Well, I, you know, I've, gosh, I've been doing this work for so long. And I have to say, quite honestly, Leanne, I wish I had a magic wand and um, a pill, you know, a, a magic bullet to give people. There just isn't such a thing. But like I said a few minutes ago when we started talking about self-mastery, the biggest thing that you can do is begin to get aware of your thoughts Mm. and what you are talking to yourself, how you are talking to yourself. So however you want to do that, and there are so many, you know, small ways you can do it. It's not like you have to spend days or hours or weeks doing it. You can simply wake up in the morning and while you're in the shower in the morning, you know, ask yourself, am I running some kind of negative fantasy right now? Mm -hmm. You know, am I already pre-programmed to have a really yucky day because how I'm talking to myself? What am I saying to myself? And that right there is going to begin to bring in so much awareness and awareness 
Well, you gave some great examples, Leanne, of, of how you have become aware of certain things in your life and really have shifted a lot because of it. Awareness is curative. So can, when we can begun, begin to get aware just of what's going on, then from there you can decide, okay, what do I want to do about this? You know, where do I want to go? What kind of assistance do I need? And there's a lot of, you know, then then if you ask for help, and again, you can go down to your basic self and go, okay, basic self, I need some, we need some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, where shall we, where shall we go? You know, the universe responds. The universe responds to those cries for help. So I hope that was helpful. Which is so amazing because the last three interviews I've done have ended with those exact words. So guys, <laughs> I think we all need to hear this right now. <laughs> That's so crazy. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I have to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I know that this concept for a lot of people might be quite new, but not like it's deep down in there. Like it's always Mm -hmm. been there. So again, Rebecca, we'll put your link in the show notes and everyone can access Rebecca's website by going to the show notes, which are available at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E9. And thanks again for coming on. Oh, you are welcome. This was a lovely, lovely hour to spend with you. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.